are listening to I-35 Radio Rep's production of The Scorched Earth, written by Bruce R. Coleman. Episode 3, Blood. There's a real good reason I doctor animals instead of people. Animals you can trust. People you can't. Growing up in a Dust Bowl border town with the name of Martinez might have been just fine if it hadn't been for a pack of rednecks out trawling tonight looking for any excuse to take you down. They done it to my brothers. They done it to my pops. I sure as hell wasn't going to let them do it to me. I got out of there as soon as I could. Got accepted to Rice and worked three jobs to keep myself in the game did it all so that nobody in my family would ever have to be treated worse than the ones I work on. Of course, I've seen what can happen when you beat a pit bull one too many times. I call it animal instinct. People forget sometimes that human beings got it too. People. We're just animals. Different kind. Dangerous because we can think. Deadly when we don't. The animal that got Howard Timpton? I don't know. I had not seen that kind of damage before. That little girl over at Jenkins' place fell into a thrasher. She was sliced to bits. Howard looked like he had been flayed and drained. I asked Sheriff Prothrow and his deputy, Pete Hurtwig, to bring out the strange young man to meet me at the coroner's office so we could maybe get a few answers. The biggest question had to do with Howard's demise and the undeniable connection to this stranger among us. So, young man, help me understand this. You seem to be telling us that the thing that tore up Howard here might be the same thing that got at you? Yes, sir. Can you tell us what it was? I believe, sir, that it is a parasite. It exists on blood, oxygen, and human cellular structure that has been compromised. And because of the way this parasite had attached itself to Howard, your assumption was that he had compromised cells, a malignancy, lung cancer? Yes, sir. That's a mighty big leap, ain't it, boy? Doc, he's right. What are you saying, Ridge? The boy's right. Luann Bellman told me three months ago Howard was diagnosed with lung cancer. It drove Luann to distraction because he refused to get any kind of treatment for it. Luann said he just flat refused. So Howard had lung cancer. Why didn't you say nothing, Sheriff? Well, Pete, it wasn't my place to go getting into Howard's business like that, and I sure as heck wasn't going to spread that kind of bad news around. And that's how it is, Micah Angel. We're all pretty tight-lipped about our problems around here, but seeing as how you ain't from around here, I want you to feel free to open right up. I'd like you to tell us how you know all this. Are you some sort of armchair expert on parasitical nature? I have seen this before. You've seen it? Something that even me, a man of medicine and a pretty good resource on animal behavior, has never been introduced to? This is a species I am positive is foreign to your experience, Doctor. You can sure as hell say that twice. 
So as a foreign species, it had to have been willfully introduced to our ecosystem here. And that leads us right back to you, Michael Angel. Did you carry this parasite into our community? A foreign species that is now out there freely roaming the countryside looking for its next meal. I believe that is so, Doctor. You mean to say you brought this thing in to make peace and turned it loose? That is not what I am saying. I had no idea I was carrying. We took every precaution. We never could have foreseen this. And who is we? The more I hear about this, the more I don't like what I'm hearing. I need to know who you are and where you're from, and I'd like to know just what the hell you've done to us. Please take your hands off me, sir. I'm having trouble breathing. Well, trouble is exactly what you got, son. Ridge, let him go. Can't you see he's not strong enough? You just back away, Pete. Somebody that I have known most of my life is dead in an uglier way than I've ever seen, and it looks like your friend here is responsible. Now, I want to know why. It was never my intention. Who are you, and what do you want here? Ridge. Please, sir. Please. I never meant this to happen. I will do everything I can to make this... to make this right. I... Micah! Hold him, Pete! He's blacked out. Micah has blacked out. Ridge, have you lost your damn mind? What have you done to him? I didn't mean to go after him so hard, Pete. I just... I just don't like being kept in the dark. I ain't one for no damn riddles. Doc, help me get Micah into a chair. This way, Pete. Why did you have to treat him so rough, Ridge? It ain't right. It just ain't right. Look, Pete, I'm getting damn tired of all this song and dance. He's sick. Don't you understand that? I don't care how fast he's healing up on the outside. He has to be in bad shape on the inside. What are you talking about, Pete? Don't you get it? That thing that tore up Howard? Micah said it latched onto Howard because of his lung cancer. So? Ridge, it started off latched onto Micah's chest. Doesn't that mean Micah... Must have cancer as well. Looks like he's coming around. Micah, are you okay? It's me, Peter. Micah. It's all right, Peter. I shall be fine. I guess I owe you an apology, son. I'm just feeling the stress of the last 24 hours pretty bad. I'm ashamed of myself getting carried away like that. I promise you I won't let it happen again. I understand, Sheriff. Micah. Are you sick, Micah? With the cancer in your chest, where the parasite was? I imagine it must be so. Cancer ain't nothing to mess around with, boy. Didn't you know you were sick? It was highly unlikely. I had only gone terrestrial for a short amount of time. All the harvests were clean. What's he mean, Ridge? Gone terrestrial? The harvest? Don't ask me. I'm in the dark. Feels like it's going to get darker before it gets lighter. Do you think you can stand, son? Yes, sir. I believe so. I will try. Good. You can lean on me, Micah. I'll help you stand. You're very kind, Peter. All right, damn it. Now look. We need to keep this Micah Angel here as healthy as possible in order to get to the bottom of all of this. Now this is going to get a little shady. And I need y'all to just go with me here. What do you have planned, Doc? Sheriff, make yourself useful and get over there to the door and keep an eye out. You see the corner coming this way, you holler. I don't like all this sneaking around, Doc. Then why do you need me as a lookout? Because what I'm about to do is highly illegal. I need to take an x-ray and a blood sample from our mystery guest. Now, I am only here in the coroner's office as a consultant to answer a few questions about a man who got animal bit. I am not remotely authorized to start messing around with state-owned equipment. All right, I'll keep watch. What do you need me to do, Doc? Pete? I want you to help me get your friend here over to the x-ray machine. Micah, I'm going to take a look at that chest of yours, see if there is a mass. 
Yes, Doctor. Pete, get that shirt off of him. Sure, Doc. Micah, like I told Ridge, I am also going to take a little blood from you. Check to see how your cell count is doing. Also, it might give me a hint as to what exactly we're up against here. My blood? You wish to look at my blood? Calm down. Lean into the screen, son. Now you stand real still. Take deep breath, Micah Angel, and hold it. Good. That's got it. Now I want to see if we can find something to take that blood. I'm not sure. It's too late, Doc. Coroner's heading this way. Damn! Let's get your shirt back on, Micah. Hurry up! Thank you, Peter. Well, well, hello, Dr. Richards. How are you, sir? I was just taking a look at the deceased over yonder. Poor Howard Timpton. Ain't much left of him. I need specifics, Martinez. You... wait. What are all these other people doing here? Sheriff Prothro? Uh, Doc Martinez asked me to stop by, Dr. Richards, just in case he needed me to file a quarantine notice on the county. If it's a mad dog done this or a coyote, chances are pretty good that something like rabies might be spreading around. You think it could be an infected animal? It could be any number of things. So your findings are inconclusive? You might say. Well, all these people cannot be here, Martinez. Get rid of them. Yes, sir. Now, Martinez. Now. And I want you in my office immediately. Yes, sir. Good to see you, sir. Of course, deputy. Martinez, do not keep me waiting. No, sir. He's gone. Look, there's not a lot of time. I really need to get some blood from this boy, and I might get tied up here with the coroner, Michael's X-ray. This is going to be a little tricky, but I want you to find Ray Purcell. The science teacher? I talked to Luann earlier. She said Ray was with her at the country boy. Good. You go fetch him and get him to take y'all over to his classroom at the high school. He's got plenty of lab equipment there. He can get a drop of blood from Micah and look at it under his own microscope. Why can't we just meet up with you at your own lab? Do I have to remind you again about how illegal all this is? All right. Just do it! All right, then. Pete, you and Micah head on over to the school. I'll stop by the country, boy, and while I'm there, I'll let Luann know about Howard. I think she needs to hear it coming from me. I'll finish up with Richards here. I think I can get this x-ray run through the lab. I'll tell them it's Howard's. I will meet y'all at the school by six. Where are you heading with all this, Doc? I hope to know by tonight. Now go on! Get that blood sample! Let it never be said that Lydia Vosberg was given to emotional thought or reaction. These things are certainly a sign of weakness. However, sometimes when I least expect it, I am frozen in my tracks by the thought of what I have done. How I so lost control. And control is everything to me. But it is death to dwell upon the past. The only way to succeed, to survive, is to keep moving forward. I must never think about what could have been. I must only think about what might still be. Is it our destiny? Unlikely. We can change our destinies, if we so desire, can't we? Or is that a destiny unto itself? You can drive yourself mad thinking and rethinking the implications of a destiny we can control. The possibilities of the impossible. Maybe it's too late. Maybe I am already there. I was a fugitive, a being out of time and place, hiding from authority, plotting, planning, 
always a hairbreadth away from capture. But I succeeded in eluding capture for years. And so what have I done? I've built a prison of my own. I found refuge behind the walls of the Omega Refinery, a palace of concrete, steel, and electricity I designed, built, and dropped onto a slice of endless Texas farmland. I used to feel isolated and safe, but now there's constant intrusion. I know that selecting Mayor Frank Lassiter as an ally was, at best, a risk. Initially, his unquenchable thirst for power appealed to me. When someone is that hungry, they can be easily manipulated. And his ability to get very powerful people, by favor or by muscle, to bend to our will was and is essential. How naive I was to think that he would never do the same to me. The night after the transition, I was barricaded in my office, searching the screens of the monitoring system for any sign of the package we were expecting, or the unwelcome parasite that may have accompanied. So, of course, I was startled when the door crashed open and Lassiter came charging in. I need to talk to you. Is it too much to ask for a knock on the door before you come barging in, Mr. Lassiter? I need you to stop talking and listen to me. I just came from the coroner's office. One of the local trash did a mean tango with a set of razor-sharp teeth last night. I thought it might have something to do with that tidbit of unwelcome info you gave me. What? That a parasite that won't even evolve for another thousand years has somehow been unleashed upon Makepeace, Texas? I'll keep it to myself next time. I'd watch my tone if I were you. As it stands, a coroner's office was packed full of spectators. Too many witnesses for me to get enough information, including local law enforcement. Well, that shouldn't be a problem, should it, Frank? Don't you own all local law enforcement? Not Ridge Prothro. Even 15 years ago, I could never get him to play ball. And that dumbass deputy of his, the one my daughter's chasing, he practically worships the ground Sheriff Prothro walks on. You look a little shaken. I don't see that often in you. Doubt. It's very attractive. Sugar, I ain't gonna tell you again. Watch the tone. The game has changed. I don't like the way things are getting done around here. From now on, I am setting the agenda. I have oil and gas connected to this project, the Railroad Commission, the National Guard, all the way up to the governor's office. Do you honestly think your pathetic threats phase me in the least? Your power plays don't work, Mr. Mayor. And let me remind you, you need me, Frank. This is a gigantic project we are working on. A history-altering project. And in every bit of vision and design, science and intelligence belongs to me. Me. You are the money, my darling. But I am the only one who can turn that money into real power. Do not forget that. (laughs) Well, well, well. Kitty Cat got her dander up. You don't scare me, sugar. I could expose you in this whole operation and walk away without a scratch. I could turn whistleblower and be heralded as the hero for bringing down the empire of evil. As for you, hell, no only superstitious Bible thumpers live around here. They take you out and have you burned as a witch without thinking twice. You're cute and all, honey. Not so shabby in the sack, either. But I'd turn state's evidence on you and get a good night's sleep. So you behave yourself like a good girl. And understand that I don't want you to take a damn smoke break when you're not on the line informing me about it. Do we understand each other? Do not push me. I'll take that as a yes. Mighty fine. 
I always felt that understanding was the key to universal harmony. You are so sure of yourself, aren't you? So sure I'm going to fall in line. Oh, come now, sugar. You know you can't resist my charm. At least you haven't been able to yet. So, it's your turn. You have anything new to tell me? I am waiting to hear from Houston. Our shipment has been prepped and should be ready for delivery at any time. And the package? Active! We are fairly certain that we have finally been able to identify its location through the radioactive material contained in the implant. Well, you better be turning that fairly certain into a damn sure in short order, sugar. You'll be the first to know, Mr. Mayor. See there? See how easy that was? Communication is a beautiful thing. Now, I'm going to my office to talk to Colonel Hayes over the guard. There might be a little state of emergency action called for, just to throw off the scent. Just to get the locals off the streets and out of the way while we do a little sweep. I'll expect you at my place around nine. Plan on staying. Plan on sleeping with one eye open, Mr. Lassiter. Miss Westberg. Oh, Mr. Mayor, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were in a meeting. It's not on my calendar. It's fine, Alice. We were just finishing up. Weren't we, Mr. Mayor? For now. I'll expect a call from you soon, Miss Vosberg. Out of my way, sugar. Yes, Mr. Mayor. Close the door, please, Alice. Yes, ma'am. Before you go, Alice, I need to ask you a favor. Is it possible for you to stay a bit longer tonight? I'm expecting a very important phone call from Houston about some equipment that is shipping. Oh, gosh, no, ma'am. I just can't. Ray Purcell, the science teacher over at the high school, has asked me out. Oh? Yes, ma'am. I've been waiting for him to speak up. He finally has. I see. Well then, by all means. So sorry. Some other time. Fine. Alice, I could use some coffee when you get a chance. Yes, ma'am, Miss Vosberg. Uh, You all right? You look so tired. Don't concern yourself, Alice. It's just that I haven't eaten all day, and I am very concerned about that shipment from Houston. Combine that with the little amount of sleep I've gotten in the last few days. Well, you really should take better care of yourself, Miss Vosberg. You you have to eat and get your rest. You're going to make yourself sick. So what if I do? If I get sick, I get sick. It's no concern of yours. Really, Alice, the last thing I need right now is one more person breathing down my neck, telling me what to do. Of course, you're right, Miss Vosberg. I was just worried about you. I'm sorry if I was too forward. No, no, I apologize, Alice. I'm sorry for snapping. I'm just under an extraordinary amount of pressure right now. I'm very anxious to commence with phase two of the refinery. And there are stresses in place. Well, you don't need to explain it all to me, ma'am. It's Mayor Lassiter, isn't it? Why do you ask that? Well, he's been spending so much time here lately. Every time he leaves, you seem, well, pretty upset. Do I? Yes, ma'am. It's getting so I practically dread seeing him walk through those doors. I feel the exact same way, and I hate it. I mean, look at me. Look at what I have accomplished. Here I am, the CEO of a multi-million dollar corporation. I have brought this refinery into make peace, and he treats me like the office help. He should be kissing my ass. Sorry, Alice. <laughs> it's all right. I'd cuss a little, too, if he lorded over me that way. Alice, do you know how many other women share my position in this industry? Exactly zero. And somehow that doesn't translate into any amount of respect from my fellow officers. I am as driven and single-minded as they are, but I am certainly more of a visionary. Not one of those idiots can compete with me on any kind of intellectual or creative level. Can I tell you something, Miss Vosberg? Yes? I came into your office tonight on purpose. I knew the mayor was in here, and I, I just came right in. Why did you do that? Because I've just about had my fill of that man and the disrespect he shows you. I wouldn't talk to a dog the way he talks to you. 
My father raised me to believe that everyone should be treated with respect. I guess the mayor's father never got around to the lesson. I guess not. I'm, I'm glad you came in, Alice. I have had just about my fill of Frank Lassiter as well. Alice? Yes, ma'am? Do I... Do I treat you fairly? Oh, yes, ma'am. In fact, well... Yes? I know we're two different people. You've got your path, I've got mine. Our lives don't really intersect anywhere but in this office. But I think in another time and place, we might have been good friends. You think so? Well, there's so much I admire about you. I hope that doesn't embarrass you. Not at all. That's... that's... Well, don't give it another thought. Just know that you can count on me. I think that's important, don't you? Yes. Well then, let me finish up what I was doing earlier and then I need to get going, if that's really all right. Of course it is. Well, first things first. Can I still get you that cup of coffee? I was born a twin with what my grandma said was a call over my face. My brother died at birth, but I wasn't going to go so easy. I never knew that boy I was born with, but I have felt him by me every day of my life. The women in my grandma's prayer circle said the call would give me an extra kind of sense. And they were right. I can sometimes feel something before I see it. My grandma told me as I got older that maybe I shouldn't talk about it so much. That people would be jealous of this precious gift from God and try to take it from me. So I don't talk about it. And sometimes I try to ignore it. But every moment I live, I got my twin brother whispering in my ear. Nearly 24 hours had passed since the handsome stranger had walked into our lives. The country boy diner was quiet. No Howard. Nobody talking about it. Most people choosing to stay home on account of the mayor's emergency call. Not me. I was working. Serving sandwiches and coffee to nourish the soul and spirit of Makepeace, Texas. Ray, the school teacher, sat with me. We was alone. There was a stillness in the air like nothing strange was happening anywhere, but I felt different. My twin was whispering. Have another cup of coffee, Ray. Doggone it, Lou. I've been sitting here all day. I feel like I need to get out and get something done. Of course you're right. I sure have appreciated the company. It's awful quiet around here today with Howard gone and all. When Ridge called earlier and said they'd found Howard, I could just imagine him drunk and giving the sheriff all kinds of trouble. I hate to be a pessimist, Lou. Ridge called hours ago. Did he say anything? Is Howard in the hospital? In jail? Shouldn't we have heard from him by now? Maybe he's embarrassed. I don't know. Hard to say. He is just about the orneriest, most bullheaded, infantile jackass I have ever known on the face of this earth, but he is something else, too. What's that, Lou? Howard's my friend. And now I know that sounds kind of funny, what with the way we carry on back and forth with each other. We like to drive each other plumb crazy time to time. But I never had a harder worker. And when times were tough, Howard would always come through for me. I saw it, Lou. Lots of times. 
It is just mystifying that he would go run off like that and not tell me where he was going. Lou, do you think... No. No. And don't you go thinking it either. I know how the world works. You think something hard enough for you can turn around, it come true. And I will not have that kind of thought happening around Howard. He's all right. He's just... He's all right. Car's pulling up. It's the sheriff. Howard's not with him. Why didn't Howard call me? Why did Ridge have to come out here special? I don't like how I'm feeling. Maybe it's nothing. No, Ray. This ain't nothing. Howdy, Luann. Ray. Sheriff. Ray, I'm glad you're here. Luann, I got something to tell y'all. Howard's dead. Yes, Lou. Yes, that's right. Howard is dead. Gosh. Gosh, sorry, Lou. It's my fault. I've been thinking it since last night. I practically made it so. Sheriff, can you tell us what happened? Uh, well, I'd rather not. Now, Rich Protho, you got something to tell us? You better say. Don't you worry about me. We have known each other too damn long for you to start treating me like a stranger. It looks like it was a wild animal attack. Doc's over at the coroner's office now making an assessment on the body. It's real bad, Lou. How bad? Ray, Doc asked me to gather you up and take you over to the high school for some tests. Tests? What kind of test? Some kind of blood test. I don't quite understand what this is about myself, but I know Doc has his reasons, and his judgment is sound. Now, you go wait in the car. Will do. Bye, Ray. Thanks for sitting with me. Sure thing, Lou. You all right, Lou? Sure. Right as rain. I guess knowing is better than not knowing. Of course, not by much. As soon as I finish up with this business, I'll be back to get you. I'd like you to stay with me tonight. That'd be nice. It feels like ages. Take care, Lou. I love you. Love you too, sweetheart. Godspeed, and God bless you, Howard Tipton. There are very few things that we find in common among human beings. We differ in our appearances to an extent. We think different thoughts. We feel in different ways. Our ideologies, philosophies, religions, they are so specific to each person as to render any capacity for true understanding almost impossible. There is a vast catalog of differences that keep us apart. What unites us? Love? You wish it were true. Hate? More common than not, but not universal. Blood. Yes, blood. We all have it. We all need it. There is, of course, variety, even in blood. But it is the one true thread that binds us together in this ever-growing circle of humanity. The sheriff and the deputy, along with the stranger and myself, arrived at the high school and headed straight for the science lab. The halls were deserted, a byproduct of the incident from the previous night. Electricity's back on. That's going to make this a whole lot easier. Is old Charlie the janitor going to be around? Don't worry about him, Ridge. He won't come around bothering us. He likes to steer clear of people. Where do we start, Ray? Well, Pete, I'm going to extract a little blood from Micah's finger and get it into one of these slides so I can take a look at it under the microscope. You okay with that, Micah? It'll be all right, Micah. We just want to help you. Thank you, Peter. 
Pete, you want to draw those blinds? No point in stirring up any unwanted attention. Yes, sir. Hold tight, Micah. This is going to sting a little. There, you good? I'm fine, Ray. Micah, it is amazing to me that those wounds you were sporting last night, well, they're practically gone. It was how I was bred. Now, see, right there, you say things like that, and I just don't know what to make of it. Bread? Animals are bread, son. Cantaloupes and grapefruit are bread. I'm trying my best to help you understand. All of you. There is so much that you need to know. My head is swimming. I don't know where to begin. For gosh sakes, Ridge. All right, all right. I'm just I'm trying to get a handle on this whole thing. I've got the blood. I'll take these slides over to the microscope and give it a look. I suppose I could help you with something familiar to you. There is comfort in that. Are you familiar with the theory put forth by Charles Darwin? Are you talking about evolution? Yes, and natural selection. Never held too much stock in evolution, son. Then, Sheriff, would you agree that the strong survive even as the weak perish? Of course. That's natural selection. Nature, if it is unimpeded, will take care of its own future if it is allowed to separate the strongest of its creation from the weakest. Unfortunately, mankind continues to tamper with the natural order of things. My daddy is a farmer. He's been working on a hybrid corn seed, mixing together the best plants from his annual crops to try and get one that is really strong. But it's not a bad thing. He just wants a better crop. He's trying to help nature along. Does nature need help? Won't nature create its own hybrid if it's what nature desires? Natural selection. What has this got to do with you? Sheriff, I am the product of mankind's interference with nature. I am a hybrid created through unnatural selection. And I would say that you are going too far with this game you're playing. I would say that you are wasting the time, money, and resources of the town of Makepeace, whatever your reasons. I did not ask you to involve yourselves. You didn't ask? What the hell are we supposed to do, son? Leave you out on the side of the road for the coyotes? I don't know what kind of people you come from, but in Makepeace, if someone is in trouble, we come to their aid. The people I come from would have left me to die and in doing so would have avoided any serious consequences. Well, that's good enough for me, son. Pete, I am leaving the prisoner in your custody. Where are you going, Sheriff? I got a job to do in this town, and I ain't getting it done, standing around here giving credence to any of these boys' delusions. Bridge. Young man, you may think this is some kind of big joke, but if your appearance in the town of Makepeace coincides with the events leading up to the death of Howard Tipton, I will be one of the first to bring down the law on you. Hold on, Sheriff. Not now, Ray. Pete, I want you back at the courthouse in 20 minutes. I want the prisoner processed and then hold in cell too. Is that understood? But Ridge... said, is that understood? Yes, sir. I understand. Hold on a minute, Sheriff. Don't forget to read him his rights. Sheriff, wait! What the hell is it, Ray? Maybe you shouldn't be taken off so quickly. Why the hell not? It's... It's it's Micah's blood. It's... I've never seen anything like it. I'm I'm not sure I'm seeing it now. Is it there? Did you find it? I, I thought I knew. I thought it might be a virus, some strange form of bacteria. Has the message been delivered? What are you saying, Ray? Viruses... Do I need to bring down a quarantine order on make peace? God damn it, has this young fool created a health scare situation on top of everything else? No, 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 it's, it's not that. Here, take a look. The blood is perfectly healthy. Cells are perfectly formed. Really, perfect. But look. Look there, Ridge. You see it? Look between the cells. See those long black strands? Look like... What? What am I looking at? Like long black threads being pulled through the plasma. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I right, hear. 
Let me turn up the magnification. Look at that. Do you see it? What the? Well, I'll be a son of a bitch. What is it? Is something wrong with Micah's blood? Do you see it, Ridge? Ray, am I looking at... Am I looking at numbers? I'd say yes. A string of numbers. A long string of numbers. All zeros and ones. It's a language. Yes, it is. It's a binary language. A code. A code that is fed into the computer mainframe. Yes. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right at all. There's a computer code in Micah's blood? I don't know how, but that does appear to be the case. Yes. Son, what are you? Ray, for crying out loud, Doc, you like to scare the life out of us. Sorry, Pete. Boys, you ain't gonna believe this. Throw it on the pile, Doc. There ain't a whole lot going on lately I can believe. What's happened, Doc? I got this boy's x-ray right here. I called over at the diner and Lou said you were heading this way. This couldn't wait. Pete, draw up them blinds a little. Yes, sir. What you got, Doc? Y'all gather round over here by the window. I'll hold the x-ray up to the light. Now take a look at this. Young man, I would say you're about the healthiest human being I'd ever took a look at. Good heart, stomach, liver, just about perfect. Only look here. What is that dark place on his lung? That is beneath the very spot that your animal bite lies, right, young man? Yes. And my guess is that you can tell me what that spot on your lung is. Yes. It is a malignancy. It is cancer. Second one today. How's that? When we were looking at Howard's body earlier, we discovered that Howard had lung cancer. So you're sick too? It appears so. I didn't know myself for sure until just now, but I've suspected it since this morning. I knew that there would be cancerous cells present in the wound. And? And? There's something else. Something else? You just said he was clean. There, there is something else? I'm confused. What else could there be? It's hard to see. Ray, you got a magnifying glass around? Sure do, Doc. Here you go. Thanks, son. Now take a look at this. Look real close. Y'all see it? It's square. Looks like a piece of metal? What the hell is that? You got a pacemaker, son? There should only be the malignancy present. I I don't... I swear to God, it looks like a transistor. Like out of a radio. An honest-to-God transistor. Son, can you tell us what this is? Ray is right. It is a transistor, but at a very advanced stage. A computer chip. One that won't become familiar to you for years. Why is it in you? I don't know. And I sense that this is a very, very bad thing. Someone has placed this transistor inside of me, without my knowledge. This was never part of my transitioning. Stop talking all this nonsense. I cannot do this anymore, son. Sheriff, I am begging you to give me one more hour of your time. We must return to the diner and gather together all of those who were in attendance last night. I must completely unburden myself to you. And it is only fair that I explain the dire circumstances for which I have unwittingly placed you and your friends. Please, Sheriff, I will explain everything. Now that is what I have needed to hear from you, son. Thank you. But first, Ray, do you have any surgical implements? Well, I, I have some scalpels that we use to dissect frogs. What's on your mind, son? Pete, close those blinds. Doc, I will need you to do something before we return to the diner. 
Ray, bring it in astringent if you have it. And any kind of gauze you might have on hand. I think I have all those things. Uh, do you have anything like ether? No, no, I don't. Then I will also need something hard and sterile to bite down on. Sheriff, I will need you and Peter to take my arms and hold me down on this table. Try to keep me as immobile as possible. It is imperative that I am still. Where are you heading with this, son? It is the gravest consequence. Doctor, I will need you to cut the transistor out of my body. body is a temple, and we as a species find more and more ways to alter, bolster, redesign, and invade that which is sacred. We remove and replace organs, we transfuse blood, and we pervert the very chemistry that produces a living being. If your right hand offends you, cut it off, right? If your left eye offends you, bye-bye. And if by chance you find one day a piece of advanced and superior technology lodged inside the temple, Placed by God only knows who, for God only knows what reason. The course you take is clear. You grab the knife, and you invade. You have been listening to I-35 Radio Rep's production of The Scorched Earth, written and directed by Bruce R. Coleman. Sound engineering is by Richard Froelich. Music is by Gregory Lush. The I-35 Radio Repertory Company members are Heath Billups, Blake Blair, Bruce R. Coleman, Rick Espelot, Adrian Godinez, Lisa Ann Harum, Lee Jamison, Ariana Movisak, Max Swarner, and Dalen Walton. The I-35 Radio Rep would like to thank Stage, the Society for Theatrical Artists Guidance and Enhancement, for its generosity and support. Special thanks also to the Texas Radio Theater Company and Cat House Studios. Thanks for listening, and look for I-35 Radio Rep on Facebook and Twitter. Please join us next time for The Scorched Earth, Episode 4, Confessions.
Have you seen the skies tonight? There's something going on in Lakeview. Something doesn't seem quite right. I've waited all my life to see the stars tonight. I've waited all my life to see the stars tonight. Have you seen the skies and made There's something going on in Lakeview. There's something doesn't seem quite right.